0: Well, another edition of Keeping It Real with Alexander Garrett, and as I mentioned on Saturday night, I had an amazing time at the National Publicity Summit, and I wasn't sure what to expect walking into the building at the Hotel Pennsylvania, but walking out of it, I made new friends, new connections, new colleagues, and one of them is on the line with me right now, David Allen Arnold. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Alexander, it was such an honor to meet you, and thank you very much for having me on your show.
0: And tell me why you went to that event specifically. What, what are you hoping to... What, why did you go to the National Publicity Summit to begin with?
1: I went to that event because five years ago, I discovered an organized crime ring that was operating illegally at a children's school bus stop in a small town in California. And I started... Uh, documenting them and protesting what they were doing. It was very illegal and very dangerous for the kids. And And, and
0: keep in mind, David is a dad. Now you have, uh, and you're a father, so how many kids do you have?
1: I have one little one. He's nine years old.
0: And so this must have really hit home when you went to the school bus. I'm guessing with him?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he was with me a lot of the times that I would walk through town, and what I discovered was this, Gang of hoodlums had basically taken over the town. Our our town has only about 87 full-time residents. So imagine a town that's so small we have less than 100 people that live here full-time, and then imagine a gang of over 100 people uh, running an illegal business with uh, violent uh, bad guys at the school bus stop in our little town. And it had such a terrorizing effect on our community. uh, This went on for five years.
0: And so you've gone on to write a book about it. Talk a little bit about that.
1: I did. So I wrote a book about it called What Lies Above the Clouds. Uh, That goes on to Amazon. It'll be available for purchase on Halloween. Okay. And it was a... Incredible, difficult challenge for me to take on a gang of people who were doing every form of crime that we have laws for and getting away with it. And uh, I'm very honest in the book about how dangerous it was and how it may have been a bad decision on my part to do it.
0: To intervene, um, you're talking about. To intervene. And to yeah, to runters. intervene.
1: E- e- and sorry, let me give you an example. So, sure,
0: sure.
1: So within a year, let me back up. As soon as I saw this gang at the school bus stop, I immediately started to convene meetings of my neighbors. And so we would have 40 or 50 people would come to a home in our neighborhood, and we would gather, we would share information, we would talk about what we had seen at the gang, we would talk about... Uh, what needed to be done to notify law enforcement, to get county officials to clean up this illegal mess at our school bus stop, and to make the kids safe again at the school bus stop. However, within six months, nobody would come to the meetings. In fact, one of my neighbors told me we were talking one day, and he said, Dave, I can't be seen talking to you anymore. And I said, oh, why is that? And he said, I'm afraid they'll kill us.
0: And, and so, so right now you're, you're sitting at your home. Do you still feel like that could, once this book goes live, how safe do you feel like you're going to be after exposing them and, and having this in the air, in the public?
1: Well, I don't feel safe at all. I, uh, I spoke to a retired uh, district attorney of, from L.A. about what was going on. And he said, Dave, why would you publish this book? They're just going to kill you or sue you.
0: And so you do this, and, and it comes out Wednesday. And where, what do you hope, like, what, what is your goal? Like, what do you hope to do? You hope to survive this, obviously, firstly and, and foremost, and then get the word out about it, I'm sure.
1: Well, you know, n- not to sound like a fatalist, but survival is not really on my list of things to do. Um, I'm not concerned with how long I live. It's how I live that matters to me. Um, if you read any of my books, if you look at my Instagram if you uh, look at my social media, what you'll see is is that I go on adventures. So when I'm flying in a helicopter over Deadliest Catch with our TV camera, I'm not doing anything safe whatsoever. And just to let you know, uh,
0: David's an Emmy Award winning videographer. He's been on Deadliest Catch. He's been on an amazing race. He even talks about it in his book, Help uh, from Above. And, and I'm sure that book as long as, as well as this one has some faith induced into it as well.
1: Well, in, in Help From Above, my first book, uh, the book begins with me in a helicopter that's crashing in Alaska when we were flying for a TV show there. And so if you read any of my stories, all of which are photographed and filmed and documented, um, you'll get to see that I don't really make safe choices. That's not what I do. And I don't... I hate to sound like an idiot, but I don't make smart choices.
0: Um, but you I make ones that are close to your heart, like this.
1: Exactly right. Following b- my heart,
0: writing this book, you're following your heart. And exactly. now, do you leave town after this is published, or will you stay right there and take whatever might come? Oh no. Away? Okay.
1: No, I'm not leaving. Um, I knew when this gang moved into our town. I knew that that ten years later I would still be here and they would be gone, and so I'm not moving. And they used to tell me that. Those gangsters used to tell me to my face, "F you! If you don't like it, then get out." They're talking to me. I'm a law-abiding homeowner in my own town, and they're telling me to get out of town. And and believe you me, come what may, I'm not moving. So these guys, I have. Documented what I saw of their illegal business. I am going public with that and I am naming names. And it's time for the bad guys to start fearing. It's time for the bad guys to start being afraid of us. And my first step in that direction is to let your listeners, to let everyone I can know about what happened at our school bus stop. Once that's done, I'm comfortable. I sleep like a baby. If I get hit by a truck tomorrow, uh, believe me, i die happy. Um, You know, you, you will face times in your life like I did where you see children are endangered by a criminal presence that you have to decide. Do I keep walking and pretend I didn't see that? Do I leave the kids there in harm's way so that I don't get hurt? Or do I turn around and walk right back to that school bus stop and tell those bad guys that you have the entirety of planet Earth to do your illegal business? You have the old coal country you can run an organized crime ring. Not here. You don't do that here. This is where school children gather six times a day, and I'm not having it. And that's what I told them, and now I've written a book about it, and they're named in the book.
0: That's pretty gutsy. Now, now, I don't know if you're, I mean, obviously you're going to name the town. So what town are we talking about here? Where
1: The town is Sky Forest, California.
0: And so in Sky Forest, California, this is happening, and you are ready to go public with it. And I'm sure you have a lot of allies. You mentioned the former DA saying, why are you doing this? But I'm sure you have people saying, yes, go ahead and do this, because we need to yeah, get thought out.
1: I mean, no, honestly, everyone tells me not to. Uh, all of my friends have good judgment. All of my friends are smart. They know how to avoid risk. They know how to stay out of danger. They know how to plan their lives so that nothing bad happens to them. And so they're mainly telling me not to do this. Uh, And I think that a year from now we're going to know if what I'm doing is wise or not. And I really don't care. I just, I just look at it as I don't care how long I live. I just want to know that when I had a decision to make at that school bus stop, that I made the right choice.
0: What did the publishers and, say when, they, when, they, when you pitched them the story? What were their reactions?
1: Well, the, the pub, basically what happened was we filmed a documentary about this school bus stop crime ring. And within three months, we found the body of one of their victims hidden behind their building. So it was uh, it was what I had been warning everyone about for now five years, and we filmed uh the body uh, we notified police, the police did not come out they've never investigated that homicide
0: and and do you know why just because they were too afraid to to tackle guys? I think guys. we're going to find out. Okay. I,
1: I think if enough good people Start asking questions We're going to find out what in the heck They did when we reported That body found And um, uh, To your point The uh, Hollywood uh, Producers sure, sure. Were asked to develop Our footage into a, a TV Series for network television Well the bad guys threatened them With lawsuits So they shelved the project. When that happened, I knew two things. Number one, I need to write a book. This is much more of a book than a movie anyways. And number two, I will never, ever rely on a major media corporation to tell the truth about this because they don't have the balls to do it. And this will have to be done by people like us, people like you and I who, who are willing to make a choice to do the right thing, in this case, to talk about and just share the story of what this is. So if if people are listening to your show and they're thinking, Wow, this sounds really terrible, you know, somebody should do something. Well, the reality of things like this is it's always gonna be people like us that do it. So if if you feel like this sounds like something that needs to be fixed, please look up the book on Amazon. It's called What Lies Above the Clouds. It is a first person memoir nonfiction account. Of everything I saw and heard and felt in dealing with this crime ring at the school bus stop, and talk about it, share the story, tell people about the book, review it on Amazon. That's how we're going to get these guys brought to
0: justice. And, and how many that's of them how were, we're going to make
1: other? What's that?
0: How many of them were there in this ring? How many of them were? I would I'm estimate
1: sorry. over a five-year period. I would estimate minimum 300.
0: In one small location, 300 people.
1: Not all at once. But for five over, years. Over a five year period, at least three hundred.
0: And think. and no one stopped it. That's just mind boggling to me.
1: Well, I mean I think we're gonna stop it. I really do. I, I think that people like you and I talking about this, sharing it, letting other people know that this happened is the very first step. Once once enough people find out about it and start to share the story and, and decide, you know, as a community, as a country is this how we want to live? Do we want to have killers and men on the most wanted list standing around smoking cigarettes, hurling profanity, murdering people at the school bus stop? Or do we want to keep the school bus stop as a, as a haven, as a, as a safe area where our children can gather and wait for the bus so they can be taken safely to and from school? Because if that's how we want our school bus stops to be, then we need to go and find these guys. We need to bring them to justice.
0: And and so how many pages is the book, just out of curiosity. How many pages did you I document? I think
1: it's I haven't seen the uh the hard copy yet. I think it's three hundred and fifty pages.
0: That is quite a lot of documenting. And so you would write it down as you saw it? Is that how it how it went down for you? Like you would yes, write down exactly everything? right.
1: Exactly right. I, I wrote down what happened as it happened. That's how it's written in the book. I don't tell, I mean, obviously I have opinions, but I don't, I don't talk that way in the book. In the book, I just say what's happening. And I let the reader decide if it's good or bad. I let the reader decide if this is right or wrong. Um, and I can tell you this. Uh, the FBI asked to read the book before it goes public, and I gave it to them. I gave them everything. I, I walk around with a 24-terabyte uh, stack of hard drives. Okay. that has everything that I witnessed, everything that I heard, all of my observations.
0: Have they asked for those yet? Have uh, they asked for those yet for what you've
1: I brought documented? them to the meeting, and we looked at a lot of what's on the drives. Uh, I gave them, and I, and I told them, I said, listen— um, I'm not going to hold any back, anything back from you guys. There's nothing I won't give you. I'm not, I would never – if the FBI said, Dave, we, we want the list of names and addresses of people who, uh, who you saw at the school bus stop, who were, who were taking narcotics, who were uh, smoking cigarettes and yelling profanity, want to know who that is, there's nothing I won't give them. So I gave them all of the information that I gathered over this five-year period. And – As long as I make decisions like that, as long as at every step of the way, as long as I do the right thing, not necessarily the smart thing or the advantageous thing for me and my book, as long as I do what's right, the best thing in this case for the kids at the school bus stop, I I believe that I will get the best outcome.
0: Do you think this gets national appeal? Do you think this story gets national appeal because of how disgusting and how compelling it is at the same time that you've took this risk.
1: I think we're going to find out. My I have a very firm belief in humanity. I believe that that most people are mostly good. And I believe that if if anyone finds out about what happened at our school bus stop, that they will want the right things to be done, that they will want the bad guys to be caught, and that they will want every school bus stop in America to be made safe from this forevermore. And, um, and that's where I think this is headed. And, that, and that's why I didn't, I didn't call the FBI and say, hey, I want you guys to look into this. They found out about it and asked me if they could see the materials, and I gave them everything.
0: And how did they find out about it?
1: Uh, I met a federal agent on an airliner, and we were talking, and I, I said, what do you do? And he said, I'm an IRS criminal investigator. And I just about climbed into his lap and hugged him and kissed him, and he looked at me weird. He goes, you know, that is not how people normally react when I tell them I'm an IRS criminal investigator. And I said, let me tell you about my neighbors. And I told him probably three things about the school bus stop gang. And his eyes got wide. And he said, have you documented any of this? I said, there's 24 terabytes in the overhead bin. And he didn't blink. He said, I'd like to see that.
0: So and you so carry this, got, these materials with you all over the place. At
1: all times. When, when we got, well, it, it includes everything, including the murder victim that we found hidden behind their building, the images, the, the records of all of that. And, and he waited when we got off the flight and he, um, he looked at what I had on my hard drives, and he looked at the, the documentation that I had with me in that case, and he was flabbergasted. He said, I can't believe what you have in this box. He said, I, I, want, you to, uh, I want you to contact uh, – I want you to come in and sit down with the U.S. attorneys. And I said, okay, no problem. And he he, uh, set up a meeting with a number of federal agents, and they had the same reaction. They they were stunned. And one of the agents reached across the table in this three-hour meeting, and he, he placed his hand on the papers I had brought him to look at. He put his hand on the papers, and he looked at me, and he said, you know, this is what we use. This is how we do it. And... Um, I don't know what's what's going to happen with them, but i I know that they and and he said point blank, this was an agent who specializes in public corruption. He said, "How can it be this illegal for that long?" He was floored and uh, and they were when I was sitting there talking to them, you know, they they weren't really sharing details with me, but they they were uh, moving forward with their investigation right in front of me and they were making plans and assigning uh and did they get to
0: get did they get to interrogate those neighbors those gang members
1: i don't know they they said that uh they weren't going to tell me what they were doing or what they were going to do next but and this um, gang is still
0: active is that what you're saying or is it no longer active
1: no, it's a hundred percent active. It is and none, none of these crimes have ever, ever been investigated.
0: And do they all? Do they ever follow you on social media? Do you have people following you and your every? Step? Oh,
1: absolutely. This went on for years. People would call me. I don't know who they are. I don't know how they got my phone number. They would threaten me to keep quiet about it. I I would have people come to my house and tell me to take the politicians who are involved with this out of the documentary.
0: So this this podcast is is um. A risk in and of itself. Is that what you are saying, basically?
1: Um, I don't know. I I think that, uh, I think that when the book goes public, sure. that people can read the stories and see all of the events that I saw for that five-year period, and I think they can, uh, you know, hopefully as The American people, you know, come together on this and talk about it and think, you know, is are we okay with this or is this something that really needs to be cleaned up? Because if it needs to be cleaned up, then they can call their congressman, they can call the FBI, they can they can push for uh, an investigation, and then suddenly the agents that I met with will be given more and more and more support and resources and encouragement to move in and take the time to look at all of this and and fix it and 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 get the people who allowed this cuz that's that's what I will never ever forgive is the people who allowed this at a school bus stop. I will never forgive that and those people need to be held accountable for that.
0: And so you say they were threatening you but no one ever quote, you know no one ever pulled the trigger and that's a blessing in in many ways. I mean, they're I want to t-
1: say that I, I, I think um, I have a spiritual belief. Sure. Um, our documentary producer wanted the book series to be called Help from Above, and I never asked him why. I, I have a ten he's a New York based producer, so he's not far from you. Sure. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, the reason he did that was because when you read the stories in my books, you'll probably start to get a sense of oh. Dave's not particularly smart about some of the stuff he does, but yet he's always helped and guided and protected. And, um, and I believe that I am. And so I think when gangsters come after me, I think that I'm just a person, you know, and I'm, and I'm feeble and I'm frail. And, and, um, and I think at the same time, they may not realize that there's, there's, uh, you could call it a higher power, but there's there's somebody involved that they can't see, uh, who might be help if they're doing something, and they're trying to harm me or my family, or the kids at the school bus stop. They may find that they have, they have more than what meets the eye that that may start to to uh, get in their way.
0: Well, and we hope this is one of this one of the platforms that get in their way. And I do know that God's with us every step of the way. I I truly believe that. And when I saw your title, I'm like, yes, he is a believer as well. And I think that's important, especially with what we saw Saturday, to know that a God is protecting us all and that I, he can do it all, but we all have, have to be proactive as well. Um, as far as Saturday goes, we have to tone down rhetoric that we see throughout the country. Like, it's on us because God will help us through the way, and he certainly helped you. And mainly because you've taken the right steps. I truly believe that hearing your story today, you're not keeping quiet. And, and that's, that's a big reason why he's with you.
1: Well, and thank you very much for saying those things. I, I haven't been selfish with any of this, right. and I won't be. And I, I think as long as I approach this situation with pure intentions and not selfish, as, as long as if, a, if an FBI agent asks to see something or to have some information, as long as I provide that, I don't hold it back and say, no, no, I, I want people to read about it in my book, or I want people to see it in the documentary. As long as I do the right thing, then yes, I, I hope that I will have help from above to to do what's right, to make our town safe again, to make other towns safe from this. And And the first part of that is to hold the people accountable for putting a, a crime ring at a school bus stop, and uh, and then other authorities and other towns will be afraid to ever do anything like this ever again, and I and I think that makes the kids everywhere safer.
0: So you come to New York, you you take the flight from Cali over here, and did you see people who wanted to help you at the summit? Not just myself, but others as well.
1: Well. Not necessarily, you know. Not every media is like you, uh, Alexander. Um, not every media, when they hear about this story, wants to get involved and to help to do the right thing. Um, so, and I and I think one of the things that that really drew me to you was was uh, you were there with your one rollerblade, and I looked at that and I thought, oh my god, this guy is such an inspiration to anyone because you know, as as I say on social media, if you if you think you're having a bad day, look at Alexander's social media.
0: Thank and you I, very I, much. Thank you, I David. I think you'll
1: be uplifted.
0: Uh, and here's what I was going to say. So you, you're dealing with this, but then you got a job to do, and, and you're going up in the sky to shoot all these different shows. How much did this ring weigh on you as you were shooting these Emmy award-winning projects?
1: It, it was an unbelievable nightmare. This has been a nightmare for five years. And there are times, especially when everyone else quit fighting against the crime ring, when everyone else chose the safe path and the easy path to stay out of their way and not interfere with the bad guys because they're rich and powerful and they're getting away with murder. That was a low point. That was a low point, and that, that was to be the last holdout against them was a very, very dark and dangerous time. And I guess if I have faith, that's, that's when my faith became my number one driving motivation. It's just that I have hope that although it looks like I'm alone, I'm not alone. And although it looks like there's, there's no way out, there can be a way out. And, you know, you know, to your point, someone I can't see is helping me and guiding me. And it could be that I'm I'm simply guided to meet someone like you, uh,
0: and the agent three
1: thousand miles away,
0: and the and 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 the IRS agent. I mean, that's a clear point in the story. And the IRS
1: agent. Yeah. What's the chances of me meeting him on an airline flight of all the, you know, three hundred million people in America who could have been on that plane, and him Um, doing
0: something about it nonetheless? I mean, doing something
1: about it. And and I credit. That's I'm very appreciative of the federal agents who took this seriously and said, "You know what? This sounds really bad. We need to see if there's something here. Is this cuz it sounds like crazy talk? Is this crazy talk or is this something that or is this the reason we have an FBI of what's going on in this little town?" And I'll tell you this, as as far as the outcome goes, I don't control that. But I know one thing. Every single night throughout that 5-year period, I would get on my hands and knees and I would pray for some rich, powerful, influential person to come and protect us from the bad guys and to uh, protect the kids at the school bus stop and to make it safe again. And no one ever came. And I wasn't bitter about that because I, I understand the truth is that sometimes when really bad stuff is happening, it's up to us. It's up to people like me and you to become the people who have enough resources and enough influence and enough power to set things right.
0: And will you be pitching these your story to other – will you be going on other media outlets? Do you think that will hear your story? Are you pushing forward in the media circuit? circuit?
1: Well everyone has to choose i'll I'll tell this story to to anyone who's who's willing to hear it, including the FBI um, it's really up to them if they want to take the time to look into it and and see if if they want to get involved you know and that's that's the uh, the reality of it is um, the media has known about everything I just told you for the past five years and because the bad guys have a lot of money and power, right. the media refused to tell any of this story. That's why I had to write the books. You know, Now you and I here are sort of becoming the new media. So I can tell you that up till now, it hasn't been reported on. And okay. that's how these guys get away with it is, number one, they get the neighbors, the people who live nearby to fear them to fear even looking at them, much less asking a question or talking to someone about them. That's number one. Number two, they get law enforcement and the media to help them hide it, and I watch them do it, uh, and that's all documented in the book. So now, here you and I are right. resuming that role, basically taking on the job of the media, and you, through the power of your show and, and your following and your listeners, to let more and more people know. And if those people read the book, share the story, let other people know, you know, this can grow really big. And we can get to a point where we don't need traditional media or a local law enforcement to do the right thing because enough people can get involved and want to help. And then the whole house of cards that they built at the school bus stop then just crumbles. And then the bad guys are now afraid of us.
0: And hopefully the big guns will roll in there and eliminate what they are doing. So let's say... That's what we have big guns for. So if we... If anyone was to Google the Sky... You said Sky Forest?
1: Sky Forest is the town in California.
0: And and it would be... If you Googled Sky Forest bus stop, you would see this story, but maybe spun a certain way. Is that a, a, what you're saying? or
1: There's really nothing. Nothing. Uh, there was a couple of TV news stories uh, which were very neutral. Oh. Um, I watched the newspaper reporter's hide all of this. I, I watched them interview the victims for three hours and not print a word of it. I watched them simply print only what the corrupt politicians said and the dirty cops said about it. And then not even a, not even a sentence of what the victims had told them. And I watched them do it. And I, I get it. You know, If you're a newspaper reporter in San Bernardino, you're trying to maintain your relationship with the politicians. Right. And even if they're murdering people at a school bus stop, mm. uh, the, the media sometimes will prefer to hide that and keep it quiet so that the uh, the powerful politicians stay in power and like them and give them access and don't do anything to harm the newspaper. And uh, it shattered my my illusion of what the media is. I thought the media were watchdogs, and they were poised and ready to protect us against – any abuse of power. And they're not. They're, they're basically, um, they are in it for themselves. And for the most part, they won't print a word. And I watched them. They, they didn't print a word of the truth of what was happening at the school bus stop. They, they basically just reprinted the lies from the crooked politicians. But now they have a problem because my book's coming out. And in my book are pictures Oh. so it's not it's not just my opinion of things it's not just my recollection of it it's actual pictures it's actual eyewitness accounts of other people uh that are in that book that people can can listen to and look and and see for themselves with their own eyes if they think this is uh uh something that needs to be fixed
0: well and and so one other thing before we i know you got to get other things done as well but one other thing, because I'm so glad you joined me today, but give us one more example of what went on at that bus stop that people can think about before the book release.
1: Okay, I lost the last sentence.
0: Sorry Are, about that. Uh, okay, yeah, you're, you're here. Uh, well, give me one more example that people can think about while we wait for the release of this book.
1: Um, well, the book comes out in two days, and one of the stories that's in the book uh, and you'll see a picture in the book, one of my neighbors found uh, a victim hiding outside her house. So she finds this guy hiding outside her house, and she says, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm, I'm hiding from this gang. And she looks at him, she goes, where did you come from? And she, he points over, and it's the school bus stop. And she said, are, is someone chasing you? And he said, yeah, they're, they're chasing me. And... Uh, Apparently, they had held him against his will for over 100 days in that building. And his experience, we documented, is exactly what happened to the kid who was murdered, who we found. So it was a kid that Um, got murdered. Well, well, I say kid. He was 21 years old.
0: Still a kid. Still has so so much potential.
1: He's younger than me, so I call him a kid. He was 21 years old, and he went through the exact same thing, um, except my neighbor didn't find him. So when he tried to get away, he couldn't, and the guys caught him, and we found him eight months later hidden. His body was hidden behind their building. Um, But this guy in my book, you'll see I had to blur out his picture so you you don't know who he is. Um, But I had the video, and the FBI watched it, of this guy hiding from the gang at the school bus stop.
0: And you blurred it for his safety, obviously. You blurred it out for his safety.
1: I voted out for his safety. And he he was not comfortable to he was didn't want to appear in our documentary and he did not want to go on record. So when people tell me that I I respect their wishes. And um and he's he's right to be afraid. My neighbors were right to be afraid for five years of this gang. And that's who was at our school bus stop. So so that's another example of kind of day to day what went on at this place. And um and unfortunately, if you look at the San Bernardino County records, you won't find a word of it because they they tried to cover it up. But but And um, you know what? That kind
0: of makes sense. I remember they sort of lost track of the San Bernardino killers that were shooting up the uh, the disabled home, and, and no one really knew, and things slipped through the cracks there. So I kind of could see that, and um, it's tragic that that got played. Well, obviously that would get played, but that this didn't get played.
1: Well, I, I personally witnessed, Uh, records that were falsified about the school bus stop. Uh, I personally witnessed and documented and recorded what various politicians were saying about it. And um, I tell the whole account of my, my experience of dealing with this, investigating it, demanding the authorities to clean it up and make the kids safe again. And everything that they did to me is in the book and you know the readers uh i i left it out it was very fair I, I basically um i did i didn't just say why well, i think this or that i i would go to the politicians and i would ask them questions i say what kind of a business are you putting at our school bus stop what are you allowing here because i know what the uh, building is zoned for <laughs> hey
0: david thanks so much and we will follow up with you as this story develops and um I wish you all the best, and may God be with you as you fight Alexander, for the right and the truth. So, may God be
1: with you, and, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this and and uh, bring this crazy story to your audience.
0: All right, you got it. And uh, it, it's coming out in a couple days on Amazon.com. And how can just Google uh, your name, David Allen Arnold, and it'll be under Amazon. Is that right?
1: It's easy to find. Go to Amazon.com. Look for my name, David Allen Arnold. That's A-L-A-N. And book one is called Help From Above. Okay. Book two is about the school bus stop, and that's called What Lies Above the Clouds.
0: And that's launching on Wednesday, or yeah, that, later this week. So
1: That comes out on Halloween.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. I'm Alexander Garrett with more. Give me a reel. Just stay tuned. Thanks so much. David, thanks so much, brother. That was so good. That was really good. I'm, I'm, uh...